WCI Studios in Costa Mesa, California. It's time for Sports Sunday with Alex Crawford, Chris Babona, and former Pac-12 tight end Howard Kroom. From the shotgun, boy foul, time to throw. Completed pass over the middle to his big tight end. That's Howard Kroom, first down Oregon State. Sports Sunday is made possible by Hotline Roofing, Century Industries, and the Newport Harbor High School Alumni Association. Welcome into Sports Sunday. I'm your host, Chris Babona. I'm joined here by Howard Kroom, and I've got to get used to it, Howard, man. I'm, I'm hosting from here on out, and I'm really excited for it. A little nervous, got some butterflies, but you know what? We have plenty to talk about today. I mean, I'm so excited. It's, su- it's like a summer day right now. It's super clear. There's traffic on the peninsula. I'm feeling myself, and I'm ready to talk some sports, March Madness. we got a loaded show. How are you doing today, Howard? I'm good, man. I'm good. And this isn't our first time doing the show. This isn't your first time hosting, even though it's definitely your first time being a host and producer. But not your first time hosting because we, we got a, a one run at this earlier. So yeah. I'm, I'm glad to be back. You know, I'm glad that it's now Sports Sunday with Chris Babona. And like you said, there is a lot to talk about. So I'm happy to be here. Oh, yeah. So about that, what to talk about, we have a loaded show. We're going to do one hour today. And I think next week we'll up it to maybe an hour and a half and then get comfortable with two hours as we have a two-man show. We're going to bring in a couple guests to some people to co-host. We're a little trout going on in the next coming weeks as the culture of Sports Sunday changes a little bit here on KOCI. So today, pretty loaded show. We have the Big 3 at 3 coming up. We're going to talk LeBron James injury, March Madness, of course, some huge bracket busters today. Illinois lost. We'll get to that a little later. NFL free agency, huge signings. NFL free agency opened up a few days back, and it's been crazy. A lot of teams making huge moves, and a lot of teams who we think should make moves aren't making them. We'll talk about that at 3.30, and at 3.45, we'll do stock up, stock down, talk a little bit of NBA, and I have a local story stories to talk about at that point so howard first thing we're going to do here is do the big three at three and so let's get right into that number three number three the 12 seed oregon state had a huge upset over number five seed tennessee in honor of alex i gotta put that on here and you former osu alumni what do you think, Howard? That was their first tournament win since 1982 before either of us were born. So what are your thoughts? Absolutely. Huge, huge win in Beaver Nation. It's, been a, it's kind of been a Cinderella story for the Beavers this season because they were picked number 12 in the Pac-12. Literally last. The, the critics, the writers thought they were going to be the worst team in the conference. They were, not that long ago, after 20 games, they were 10-10, and 10, so a 500 season. It wasn't looking great. It lost to University of Portland, and everybody wanted the coach fired. But at the end of the season, they started to click, and they went on a, a magical run in the Pac-12 tournament. They beat Oregon, was down 16 points in the second half to, against UCLA, beat UCLA, beat number 23 in the country, Colorado, to, to stamp their ticket to the tournament. So that was exciting, and it didn't stop there. They uh, got a win. Like you said, they were the big 12-5 upset. Mm-hmm. You always expect the 12 seed to upset 1-5, and Oregon State got it done. And uh, I'm just hoping they can keep the magic going today against number 4 Oklahoma, or four seed Oklahoma State mm-hmm. because we just looked at it, and if the Beavers win today against Oklahoma State, they're set up to play Loyola Chicago. That's, yeah, that's, that's gotta crazy, be, man. That might be a win. That would be a sweet 16 matchup against a mid-major or against the number eight seed. 
no that, better opportunity to get yeah. to the Elite Eight than that. I mean, so unprecedented this year. I mean, all the Blue Bloods have been n- nowhere to be found, really. And t- teams like Oregon State have this opportunity to go as far as they've ever gone in their franchise's history. So I just think that's so crazy. Wayne Tinkle's squad plays the other OSU, Oklahoma State, tonight at 640. We Don't miss that game. I know we're kind of beavers homers here for no reason i mean as of now no reason because alex used to be the biggest beaver fan but he's gone and we got howard the alumni so beavers basketball 640 tonight osu let's get to number two number two also pertaining to uh March Madness, NCAA faces backlash for unequal distribution of training equipment for a women's basketball tournament. After South Carolina head coach Don Staley wrote a statement to the NCAA complaining about the inadequate training accommodations, the women's tournament was granted more equipment as of yesterday. According to the NCAA, there was not enough space to house the equipment, but we know that to be absolutely false. Howard, this was one of the worst like cover-ups from the NCAA. I just... I was kind of disgusted because you have these players complaining about, oh, they said we don't have enough space, and then they Snapchat these videos of this huge warehouse, completely empty, and then, of, like, lo and behold, the next day, filled with equipment. So what, what are your thoughts on that? Well, when I think about these big-time organizations like the NCAA and these entities like March Madness and college basketball, these are billion-dollar enterprises and billion-dollar organizations. I, I'm always like... You guys aren't paying consultants to look at this type of stuff. Like, how do we get mm. to the point where you're pulling the trigger on it and, like, you give the women's group two ellipticals and this is supposed <laughs> to serve the entire community? I mean, I hate to say it, but it's 2021. Like, we're mm. in the age of, like, people getting called out for not being, you know, equitable and for not giving fair opportunities. So, this is just a no brainer. And I don't know how that was even approved. I'm glad to see that they righted their wrong and they brought in some legitimate workout equipment um, because it goes without saying those athletes are the best, you know, basketball players, female basketball players in the world. Of course, they need uh, state of the art equipment. Yeah, it's just such a bummer because even the NCAA's excuse was total BS. Like there was no space, but then there was space, and now they just are embarrassed. And it's just another thing to add to the list of inequalities in the world, and you just hate to see it. Let's get to number one huge, huge story here coming up right now. Number one. LeBron James was injured on Saturday after Atlanta Hawk forward Solomon Hill fell on the four-time NBA champion. James is out indefinitely, leaving the Lakers without any star power on the court for the time being. So, Howard, what are your thoughts about this injury and what's next for the Lakers? I mean, obviously, this is a huge loss. This is a huge loss. I, I kind of want get, to get your thoughts on it in terms of you asked, is this the beginning of the end for LeBron's ultra competitive career? I mean, I, I don't know if it's all that, but it might be because this is LeBron's third year with the Lakers and this is his second year having an injury that's mm-hmm. taken him out for a few weeks. So, I mean, it's going to really hurt the Lakers chance of being the number one seed. And I think it's going to shake up the NBA playoff seeding because the Lakers and the Clippers now might end up on the same side of the bracket. Absolutely. And I think, like you said, the West standings are so volatile that at this point in the season, a little bit after halfway, you got to think that the Lakers being, I think, they're the three seed right now, they could end up at the eighth seed or even lower at some point. And even if they are at like a, a six seed, if they get lucky to be able to stay at the six seed, they're gonna, it's going to mess up the playoffs. And you're going to have this Laker team, which might may or may not have AD or Braun, 
come playoffs playing a team that they should be playing at the conference finals. So it's kind of just this this weird, weird situation. And obviously, taking into account AD's been out for who knows how long. LeBron James, knowing him, he's going to try to get back as soon as possible. But I think that indefinitely is strong wordage for LeBron James. I think that he, like, he hit a three after the high ankle sprain. So I think that we could expect him back sooner than later. But I think... AD and him need to get back ASAP to get the chemistry going for the Lakers and make another run for a championship. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. They just don't want to fall too far behind because mm-hmm. I believe the report said that AD will be reevaluated in two more weeks. So that means he's probably not going to be available for three more weeks, I would think. So if AD's out three weeks, LeBron is out, let's say, at least two weeks, I mean... That's you don't want to see LeBron, but you also have to be cautious with LeBron. He's what 36 years old, and the thing about a high ankle sprain is those are the bad ones. Those are the ones that really hurt. They feel like a, a broken leg, and uh, so you know. So I, I'm a little bit concerned, and I just want to see. I want to see the Lakers be able to stay afloat, keep doing what they're doing um, with their offense, but while working in new guys like. Um, Horton Tucker and Caruso taking uh, taking over and kind of running the offense. They're going to have to have those guys kind of step up in new roles. Absolutely. We have a caller. You are live on 115 KOCI. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Aaron and Whittier. Hey, Aaron. How are you? What do you got for us? Hey, I just want to tell you, you're doing a great job, Chris and, and Howard, uh, and the uh, Fourth Sunday train will keep on rolling. Awesome. Thank you so much, Aaron. Aaron, I actually have a surprise for you. If you wait till the end of the show... I have a gift just for you, Aaron. Wait for it. Stock up, stock down. Just wait for it. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to spoil it at all. So thank you, Aaron, for your support. I appreciate it so, so much. And we, yeah, I'll get back it, to you. Hey, how about Pac-12 going 5-0 in the tournament? It's so good, right? We always talk, we always try to uh, hype up the Pac-12 and get the rep we want, right? And what better than show out in the tournament, right? Absolutely. That's exactly. that's one of the storylines that we're going to get to right there, Aaron. They never want to give the Pac-12 any national shine, but that's a great example. We, we appreciate your support, my man. Thanks for listening. All right, guys. Have a good show. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. Man, yeah, it's going to be – I got to get used to this, man, like hosting and like doing all the phone stuff, like – it's a learning curve, but I think you're never, like we were talking about last week, you're never ready for stuff like this. You got to have the butterflies at some point, and it comes fluid, like, once you get used to it. Like, I was so nervous doing the board the first time and then never looked back since, so I think I'm going to get comfortable hosting, you know? Absolutely. Well, well, hey, man, we're still in the same studio. We still got the same great listeners, uh, like like Aaron from Whittier. I just wonder if, if the Crawford family is listening and give, giving us their giving us their radio dial this afternoon. But either way, I appreciate everybody for listening. And I sure hope so. I think that Alex, he said he's going to house it soon. So expect him back maybe as a guest appearance and maybe the co-host too, depending on how much time he has. So I think not too much is going to change, but I do promise a little culture change. It might get a little younger in the weeks coming. And we're going to talk a ton, a ton of sports, local, national, doesn't matter. And we'll have fun. So I think look forward to that. Let's get back to the Lakers I'm just I'm kind of worried as a Laker fan because the timetables are so indefinite. Like AD, you said he's going to be evaluated in two weeks. What does that mean? Does that mean they're going to take an X-ray or MRI and look at it, see if he's ready to start lifting, start running, and start scrimmaging? And like indefinitely, super scary to me, and especially with a guy like LeBron James because he's had one huge major injury in his career, and that was on the Lakers two years ago. So I. I am very, very nervous, but at the same time, as long as LeBron and AD are healthy on the roster come round one, 
I think we're going to see them in the playoffs and thrive in the playoffs to the finals. Yeah, I, I agree with that for wholeheartedly. As long as they both get back, I mean, you would like them both to come back with like, you know, what what it's left right now, thirty games. Yeah, about give or take about 30. thirty games. You know, you'd like them both to get at least eighteen games together. You know, let them get their legs back, let them get their win back, kind of get their groove playing together. But as long as you have, it, honestly, as long as you have LeBron and AD healthy in the playoffs, that's the only thing that mm-hmm. matters. I mean, we're going to talk about the NBA standings later, but I think that they're the favorites if they're healthy and they're together. If they're not, if that ankle, if you mm-hmm. rush LeBron back because you feel like you're losing too much ground in the standings, mm-hmm. if AD's injury doesn't you know, heal up the way you want it to, and you rush LeBron back and now he's hurt for the playoffs, you don't have a chance. Yeah. So you've got to keep him out, even if he's only going to get 10 more games. Mm-hmm. You got to keep them out as long as necessary. Yeah, and you don't want to be that franchise that brings back your star player or maybe the best player in the world, and then he ends up getting a worse injury and ruins his career. You just hate to see those types of situations. And it's like another question about the Lakers is who's going to step up because they lost a lot of depth in the offseason. They lost Rajon Rondo, Dwight Howard, among others, and now you have what THT, Alex Caruso. Uh, Montrez Harrell. Well, this is where you need Dennis Schroeder yeah. to be a, a, a twenty-point scorer. Mm-hmm. And you know, last year on Oklahoma City, he was putting up twenties and thirties in the playoffs. He's got that opportunity now with the two stars being out. You need him to step into that. Yeah, for sure. And I, it's just a huge question mark for LA and and also the Clippers. If we're going to segue over to there, just to, uh, pre- we'll preview that a little bit. Like they've been playing five hundred ball, and they're. As far as I know, they're almost completely healthy. So you follow the Clippers more than I do. What's the diagnosis? Uh, I mean, it's just been up and down. You know, they've lost a couple of close games. Paul George has been having – he was in a shooting slump. They they won three out of their last five, so they're they're getting back on track. At one point, I think over the last ten games, they had gone five and five. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, they had a bad stretch. It happens in, 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 in the NBA. Um, they're still right there. I think they're what? I think they're third in the West. So fourth in the West behind the Lakers, a game and a half. So they're right there. I just think I'm a little bit concerned. You know, they they've got to figure out their rotations. They need guys to make shots. You know, they got Luke Kennard from Detroit, who they thought they paid a bunch of money to to be a shooter, and he kind of hasn't developed the way they thought he would. So um, and guys guys have been in and out of the lineup. You know, Patrick Beverly has been hurt. Um, so, anyways, I, I think the I think the Clippers are going to be okay, but um, it's 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 go time is now to start clicking for sure. And it's it's almost disappointing for me because before the NBA season, we're like, oh yeah, these LA teams they're going to run with it. It's a given. We're going to see them in the conference championship, this and that. And you always you always take it for granted, just in, the injury bug really. And it's like if they every take every take artist is oh if they're healthy. They're going to do this. And then what happens when they're not healthy? And here we are with the Lakers. Two biggest superstars in the sport are injured. Indefinitely, we don't know. And now the fans are left not knowing what their team's going to perform like. And who, who's going to step up? We don't know who's going to step up. We can't, I can't point, as a Laker fan, who is going to step up in this time of need. Yeah, is, is it going to be Schroeder? Is it going to be THT? We don't know. Well, th- th- that's the beauty of sports, and that's where GMs make their money. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like, who who has a gym sitting on their bench? You know, who's a diamond in the rough? Uh, it's easy for a GM to identify an all-NBA player and to give them a, a max contract, but can you get somebody with a second-round pick or with the, with the 27th pick in the draft? You know, those are the questions, and, and, and this is that time. And a lot of guys on the Lakers have an opportunity to prove it. 
and I'm looking forward to doing it. This is Sports Sunday on KOCI 115. We'll be right back, and we're going to talk a ton of March Madness. We'll be right back. The Newport Harbor High School Alumni Association is here to connect you to the people, places, and memories you love most about our school. Find us online at newportharboralumni.org and on Facebook and Instagram at Newport Harbor Alumni. And, as always, go Sailors! Join us Wednesday nights, 8 to 10 p.m. for Local Motion. Local artist recordings, interviews, on-air performances, and happenings here on KOCI. Good morning, everybody. I am the poor man back on the radio Monday through Friday, 7 to 11 a.m. for Poor Man's Morning Rush here on 101.5 FM KOCI. Also the stream at KOCIRadio.com. My morning show is unlike any other morning show in the world. Our music format is completely picked by you, the listening audience. So join me Monday through Friday, 7 to 11 a.m. and 101.5 FM. You're listening to Sports Sunday with Alex Crawford, Chris Pabona, and Howard Croom on 101.5 KOCI. That was Homecoming from Kanye West, one of my favorite songs off of my favorite Kanye album, Graduation. What do you think about Kanye? I know you're a big hip-hop guy, Howard. What do you yeah, got? Man, that's a, that's such a broad question, especially in today's day and age. Because you, you say Graduation is one of your favorite albums? Yeah. I'm guessing you haven't dove too much into College Dropout. No. Okay. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit new Kanye fan. I started just working out to his stuff, and so obviously you get like the power and stronger type stuff. But then I think like front to back, Graduation is my favorite album from him. Just, just the vibe from it. I'm definitely not a newer Kanye fan. So, yeah. like, seriously, Kanye is somebody I remember when I was like 16 years old. I remember I used to I used to get trained in football by a guy who graduated from Long Beach Poly mm-hmm. in like 1993. So, at the height of like gangster rap, Snoop Dogg was at it when it was in his prime. Dr. Dre, you know, that's kind of the the what was taking over the music world at the time. And um, so, anytime I would come with some some music. Like 10, 11 years later, this was in like 04, I would kind of bring, this was my coach, I would bring him some music, and he would never want to hear it. You know, some kids are bringing you music, you grew up in the height of the golden era of hip-hop, you don't want to hear the new music. Yeah. And I was always bringing him stuff, and I was like, man, you gotta hear this. There's this guy named Kanye West, this new dude, like, check him out, he doesn't sound like anybody else. And I'll never forget, like, putting that CD in, and just hearing, it was like multiple people in the car, and everybody was going crazy, and they like, just couldn't believe how amazing this Kanye West guy was. And um, so that was College Dropout, his first album. Mm-hmm. That album changed hip-hop, inspired guys like Drake to start singing and doing melodic things with rap. So I'm a, I'm a huge Kanye music fan from his early days. For sure. I think, especially him, he's so experimental and in the in the later albums like you really see and he like he has like gospel almost stuff and I think that's so respectable for him to like branch out but enough of him I actually want to talk to something we're going to get into to March Madness in a second here but on a betting note it just reminds me that Kim K is now single and just America being America we put we put odds on who's going to date Kim K next so I just I pulled up an article so let's see let's see who has the best odds here well the, the- <laughs> I, I know what jumps out about me when I think about Kim K is I just think about business. I'm like, mm-hmm. man, as much as people want to hate on the Kardashians, when it comes to business, 
Every, her and all of her relatives are millionaires with businesses making money for themselves. I'm, I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm a fan of them for that. <laughs> yeah. So Rich is among the, um, the required for Kim K. So Van Jones, I actually don't know who that is. Rumored to be dating Kim K. Back in January, he's got a 16.7 percent chance. And more familiar names we have: Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson's on the list with 11 percent chance too. And Paul George. Speak of the devil, he's got an 11 chance as well. So I just think it's so funny, those type of things. Yeah, man, yeah. That, that's messy right there. I can't even get into that. <laughs> Paul George is married. I, 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 like I said, I'm a fan of, of Kim K and the Kardashian family in terms of their business acumen because you know what? There's nothing that me or any of my friends do well enough that, that get us that kind of money or um, people in our circle. So shout out to them. Of course. Okay. That's enough drama alert for today. Let's let's get into March Madness. So I got something special for you guys to start off here. Let me just get you hyped up for March Madness. Here's Thomas. One second. Got it at the buzzer. A hell of a ball. Oh, Farouk Banesh. A three. That was a montage of some of the best March Madness moments in history. Howard, you've been along, you've been around a little longer than I have, and you've got to witness that. You went to college, like, what is it like that atmosphere? Did, like, was Oregon State were they doing stuff in the tournament when you were back there? And like, just what is it like being a student and just watching your team? have these epic moments in March Madness. Yeah, well, there's nothing there's nothing better than watching your team uh, succeed, especially on a national scale. I mean, as you know, the Beavers just advanced to the round of 32 for the first time since Gary Payton was a sophomore. So it's been – Gary Payton Sr. <laughs> was a sophomore. So it's been a long time, you know, since 1982. So I didn't get to see Oregon State make any tournament runs at that time, but I did get to see them play in close games and big games and – and there's nothing like it. I, I was just telling my coworkers, I was telling, I was saying, every only thing you guys ever tell me about Oregon State fans is about how hostile and rowdy and like you know nasty they are, which I take pride in because you know they mm-hmm. the, the fans of Corvallis, all they have is Oregon State Beavers, so they absolutely love their team. So to get to watch it on a national scale, I love it. Yeah, and it's stuff like this where it literally draws students to their schools, like schools like the Blue Chips. They almost sell their program, their school, on athletics, and it just brings in people and this this atmosphere of we're a competitive team like Alabama, Kansas, UCLA, the blue chips. Like They are always just preying on their athletic programs, and I just think it's so sick that you bring it all together in this one tournament, 64 teams, and they just go at it. We've already seen such big upsets this year. I mean, this morning, Illinois, number one seed, I think – over 10% of brackets had them winning it all. They got knocked out by number eight Loyola Chicago. So it is just madness as, as it suits the name. And I, I love it. Did you make a bracket, by the way? I didn't personally make a bracket. Um, it's funny. I, I I know how fun and exciting it is, but I just I haven't been following at all. I didn't have time to make a bracket. But I did have – I do have Michigan going all the way and winning the national wow. championship. See, I have Michigan as a pretender, so I, th- I think they're going to get out. So I did make a bracket, and it actually it was like a, a charity, so I paid 10 bucks, and then we're going to – I'm doing pretty good. I have a lot of projected points. Like my maximum points is good. I haven't gotten completely busted because Illinois I had it in the final four. They got knocked out. I have 
Gonzaga winning it all, I think that's the consensus pick. They were undefeated this year. I, I just feel them and, and my other Final Fours. Florida State's kind of my my hopeful, not the, the one, the not the one seed that's going to get the deepest. And of course, Baylor, I think, is going to do pretty good. As I mentioned, Illinois, who lost, I had them in my Final Four as well. I just don't see any other option than the consistency of a 27-0 regular season record by the Bulldogs at Gonzaga. They, they're just led by a three-headed monster of Jalen Suggs, averaging 14-5-4, 15% on the field. Senior Corey Crispert, averaging 19-5-2. And, and Drew Timmy, 18-7-2. You just don't see those numbers in college that often, especially a three-headed monster like that. Well, it's funny. I don't know a ton about college basketball. And obviously, like I know you're locked into the tournament, mm-hmm. so I know you've been paying a lot of attention. And I've just been following the Beavers. But if Alex was here right now, I would want to poke him a little bit, and he would want to yell at me because... I, I hate to even say this, especially with the with the setup you just gave us about Gonzaga, but like I kind of feel about Gonzaga and basketball the way I feel about um, you know these other schools in football that are not major conference schools. Like mm-hmm. I don't believe in them, which isn't fair. <laughs> Gonzaga they don't have they shouldn't have to prove anything to me. They're always amazing. They had a, an undefeated regular season, but I'm just like. Is that real? They play in the West Coast Conference. Yeah. Like they're playing against people who aren't really going to be competitive on a national scene. Now, the answer is they have to prove it in the tournament, which they kind of they do consistently. Um, I don't know when the last time they won the national championship was at Gonzaga. Um, I'm curious about that. But I, 2017. They won the national championship in 2017? That's, that's what I have right here. Did in front of Okay, I don't, yeah. I, I don't remember. I remember I was in high school and they did. They were really, really good. And who, people were suspect about... Because they play a really, really bad schedule who, who in the West. The, who was the star on that team in the national championship? Oh, it was. I think he has a uh, Balkan last name. It's pretty. It's pretty long. I don't really remember. But he was good. He was a center, I believe. But yeah. yeah anyway, Gonzaga. I think they got the best bet. I don't know too much about Baylor. Illinois is out now, and you have Michigan. I really think they're a pretender. I mean, watching them against Ohio State was kind of ugly. I just. I love March Madness. I think that we're going to see more upsets. I just hope the number one chip undefeated Gonzaga pulls it out at the end. What do you got, Howard? Um, okay, so it looks like um, it looks like this culminated in 2016-17. The Bulldogs of Gonzaga uh, went to their first Final Four in school history, advancing all the way to the national title game. I think that's where they lost to Villanova. Does that sound right in 2017? Jeez, my my. College basketball history is not too. Man, I don't want to say they see, won because I don't want to be wrong. No, but no, it's hard to pull it up. But like, and part of that is like, there's a bigger conversation about like, what's the problem with college basketball? Of mm-hmm. like, dang, I know before both of our times, Chris, college basketball was these guys were stars. Mm-hmm. You know, Christian Leitner for Duke, or especially going further back, like the the '60s, the '70s. You know, these guys were major, major stars in college basketball, whereas now we're like, wait, who won the national championship? Mm-hmm. I couldn't really name three, four or five different college basketball players. So um, I, I wish that I wish that there was a fix for that, or I wish I could live through the days where the tournament was super exciting, because you brought this up to me. Really, the biggest part of the tournament to me seems to be gambling. Like, if, yeah. it, if it wasn't for people making brackets and people betting on games, I feel like I wouldn't even hear as much about the tournament. Um, so that, that kind of accounts for why we don't even, you know, we don't even remember the 2017 title like that. Yeah, exactly. Like you don't hear about the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's winning so many championships in college and they're the star. Like they're almost bigger than guys in the NBA at that time, really. 
and you don't see like I can't name people on Baylor. I can't name on Kansas or on the, any of the one seeds. I know like my hometown guys, like the Mobley brothers, of course, at USC. Like you know your local guys, but they or, just, their name brands aren't built really. Or, or you'll know a guy like Zion. Yeah, you know, because yeah. someone he's, who ESPN just posts every day. He's larger than life. Who was before Zion? Who was like a, a that huge, was Lonzo and Tatum. Lonzo, yeah, and um, Markel Fultz was big at Washington. Right. I think like Lonzo was the media darling. But yeah, there's yeah. always like a guy. You know, I, I was just watching highlights of Jim. For dead, yeah, man, Jimmer for dead had an amazing run. I was watching, I don't know what round it was that he he put up thirty five, and just had an amazing performance. Guys become legendary, you know, mm-hmm. in, in ways that that you can't become legendary just in a regular college basketball game or in a regular NBA game. But if you do it in the tournament, people will remember forever. Absolutely. And so you talk about storylines. What storyline are you following closely? Because for me, I got into USC athletics recently, and so it, for me, it's the Mobley brothers. Evan and Isaiah, they killed it versus Drake. Like, right out of the gate, Evan had, like, a double block on a guy, and it, I think that just, like, changed the whole momentum. There's one guy who's going off on Drake, but I don't remember his name, but I am so looking forward to USC versus Iowa. If USC could upset Kansas and then Iowa, win, Iowa wins their game, they're going to play in the, in the Sweet 16 and that'll be one of the best players in the league, um, Luca Garza versus Mobley. I am waiting for that matchup. It's going to be a, like a post-nightmare for Garza. I'm ready for Mobley to shut him down. We're going to have a statement win against Iowa. What do you think about that? Well, I had been hearing about Evan Mobley for a couple yeah. of years because his dad is an assistant coach at USC. And so, his, like you said, his older brother, Isaiah Mobley, is a sophomore on the basketball team. I know Isaiah is a very good player. He's a captain. As a, he was a McDonald's All American as a high school kid, but they always said his little brother is even better. And I'm like, man, they always say that. Like, I don't believe you. But it turns out his little brother, Evan Mobley, won Pac 12 Freshman of the Year, Pac 12 Defensive Player of the Year, and Pac 12 Player of the Year. He swept all of the awards. Like, he's just the best player in the conference. And they said he's probably going to be the number two pick overall. So that's something that I like to watch because. You're always going to remember, like, if he goes on to have a successful NBA career, you're always going to follow. You're going to remember how he was at USC. And uh, so I think that's fun. And and as I'm watching, I'm like, is this guy – I was asking myself yesterday as I was watching Evan Mobley. I'm like, is this guy ever going to be an NBA all-star? But it's so hard to tell. You always ask us so early. But 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 that's that's the question you have to ask yourself (laughs) because, again, you know, here's why I'm asking. Yeah. Not is he going to be a Hall of Famer. Is he going to be an all-star? Because if you're drafting him with the number two pick, how many times have you ever drafted a number two pick and didn't expect him to be an all-star? Never. Never. You expect him to be a perennial, hopefully a 12-time all-star, right? And so I was just like, this is why I'm not a scout, and I'm so impressed at the art of scouting because it's like he doesn't jump off the page at me I mean, he does. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me okay. wrong. He does jump off the page at me. Oh, absolutely. You can tell he's a different level of player out there. So I guess that's... But, like, what's the difference between him? I don't know. It's just hard to tell, basically. Yeah, but you could almost see flashes. Because in college, 
I think vertical advantage is so important. Then they get to the league and these guys who are seven foot could move like a guard. But I, that's what Mobley is. That's what makes him so good. He is so lengthy, but I saw him drain threes like nothing. And he has a great shot. He has great IQ and he moves around. He can ball handle and everything. Mind you, he's a kid. Yeah. He, he was in high school nine, ten months ago. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the question I'm about to ask right now is not a fair one. But what I ask myself is like, okay, is can he make the all-star team amongst... Um, Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic, um, even just like average, you know, guys these days, the, the Lopez brothers. Um, there's a lot of talent out there, you know what I mean? But then again, there's guys like uh, Tice for the Celtics, you know, I'm like, he's athletic, he's tall, maybe Mo, I don't know, like, is, exact, is he going to be a good role player? Oh, like uh, who could stretch the floor? A, a, a center is he going to be a center? Because he's legitimately seven feet tall. Who, as I'm talking it up, I'm like, yeah, you have to draft him yeah. early because he he's seven yeah. feet tall. He's a defensive guy, so he'll anchor your defense. But he can also stretch the floor and shoot threes. He's the kind of guy that I used to say during the Lob City era. If DeAndre Jordan could stretch the floor, the Clippers will win the championship. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So. But 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 do you draft that guy number two? Yes, I don't you, I don't you know. Have to. I think yeah, like a stretch five. It, there's no rare archetype in basketball than, yeah. a, than a legitimate stretch five. Yeah, because I guess because you have Embiid, you have Jokic, you have Porzingis, you have Lopez. There's a couple other guys, but yeah, you do have to draft him that high. I was also asking myself, is he going to be better than DeAndre Ayton? You know. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you've watched enough of Aiden off the top of your head. He's the Phoenix Suns. Yes. He was drafted number one. I know who he is. But um, I think that he is more like a fit. Like, Mobley's not going to back you down. He's not going to, like, be gritty. And that's not how he's going to beat He's going to beat you because his finesse and his touch is better. Yeah. I, I've, you've convinced me and I've talked myself into it. Mobley's going to be a, a, a multi, multi-time all-star. I think. Yeah. I think so. Because you're right. He's going to be a touch guy. And he's so long. But, like... He, he doesn't have to be around the basket. Mm-hmm. Um, and guys like that, and yesterday, I don't know who the announcer was, but they compared him to Chris Bosh. To Chris Bosh. That's and, a great comparison. And they said they think he's going to be better than Chris Bosh. At least defensively, he's better than Bosh. So if that's the case, Chris Bosh averaged 20 points a game in yeah. the Eastern Conference for a long, long time. He was an all-star every single year he played in the league. Yeah. yeah. And, and so... Yeah, absolutely, you got to draft that guy with the number two pick. I just, yeah. I'm like... <laughs> Uh, mind you, we talked about this with 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 the Jaguars. Do they draft Trevor Lawrence? Like, of course. If I think Evan Mobley is gonna be Chris Bosh, I'm not gonna. Of course, I'm taking him with the number two pick. Mm-hmm. The question is, is he at his ceiling, or is he gonna develop into that Chris Bosh kind of guy? And as we talked about Trevor Lawrence, as the GM, my job relies on his yeah. development you gotta get that guy and there's no one like mobley and chris and yeah. we'll come back yeah. to it but what i want to yeah yeah I, I, I know why you're like i want to i want to compare it to like to trevor lawrence to be yeah. like dang aren't you scared you're gonna lose your job if he doesn't develop because right now he's not prepared to give it to joel and bead and Aiden mm-hmm. and Jokic. but i think in three or four years he probably could yeah it's super intimidating comparing him with like grown men like and bead like that is just that blows my mind that you can compare Mobley to and be like he probably has what like forty pounds on him, couple inches in height. It, it it's just it's scary, but o- I think you can you day. legitimately can you can, which o- is how good he is. Opening day for the NBA for his rookie year is in eight months. Yeah, I gotta compare him That's to Embiid. Wild. 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. He's going to be in the in the league in eight months. Yeah. Wow. So Mobley, remember the name. You're going to hear it a lot. He's going to be in the league, and we you heard it here first. Multi-time All Star. Easy. Let's go back to March Madness. Let's talk about the Blue Bloods. Duke missed the tourney. UNC took a first-round exit to an inferior-ranked Wisconsin. Kentucky is absent. Same with Indiana. Who would have thought UCLA would be the best-performing blue butt out there with Kansas this, this year? Well, I love that because one of the main storylines that I'm watching is Pac-12 basketball. Pac-12 has been very strong, and so it's funny to see UCLA as not a high-seeded team because, as you said, they are a traditional powerhouse of blue blood in college basketball. So I was very pleased to see them uh, contribute to what Aaron and Whittier called in and told us was a 5-0 and start to the tournament for the Pac-12. Yeah, great, great, great to see. And I think it's just like the unprecedented nature of this tournament Really no home court advantage, no fans, no way to get your energy. People are off balance. You're going to see teams like Oral Roberts. They're going to beat your team. And like let's, let's look at some of the other big upsets like who beat Illinois, Loyola, Chicago. Who would have thought? These teams are making a name for themselves because they could thrive off just the game of basketball. They don't need the outside elements like the fans, home court. Like There's no home court advantage in March Madness, but still it's like the environment. If you're the better team, I think most people are going to get hyped about you when you make a big play. But it's just these teams like Loyola Chicago, they have an opportunity to make a name for themselves. They're here to play, and it's almost like an even playing field no matter what seed they put next to your name. It's just crazy, though, that like that this happens. And I think this is what's so exciting about March Madness is because you know it's going to happen, but you can't predict where because nothing tells you why an Oral Roberts is going to beat an Ohio State. There's no metrics that tell you this upset is going to come. You know what I mean? And it's just, it's so unlikely. And it's just so exciting because there's nobody on Oral Roberts' team that was recruited by Ohio State. There's not a player. No one could have received an Ohio State scholarship, yet somehow, collectively, they were better on that day. It's just, it's an amazing uh, accomplishment. It is so wild. And I, that's just the nature of March Madness because you think it's not going to happen. Oh, it's not going to happen this year. A, a one seed can't can't lose to a 16 seed, two seed, can't lose to a 15, but it happens every year. And that's what's so great about March Madness. Uh, Let's take a break and let's get into NFL free agency. There is so, so much to cover. We will be right back on Sports Sunday, KOCI 101.5 FM. Yotronic services and repairs all brands of Apple and Windows computers and cell phones. Only 15 to 20 minutes to repair any broken iPhone screen. Water damage, battery problems, sound issues, virus removal, slow computers, software install, and data recovery. Home or business, and the best part is they're right here at 17th and Irvine in Costa Mesa next to the 7-Eleven on Irvine Avenue between Elle's Pizza and Ruby's Sandwiches. Open seven days a week, 949-791-7206. You're listening to Sports Sunday with Alex Crawford, Chris Babona, and Howard Kroom on 101.5 KOCI. This is Sports Sunday with Chris Babona. This is 3.38 p.m. Let's talk some NFL free agency. So much has happened since the NFL free agency window opened up. And let's just get right into it. So I am just going to read off a ton of free agency signings. The league has changed so much. I feel like the casual fan, you're going to wake up on opening day Sunday and you're going to be like, I didn't know this guy played for the Raiders or the Patriots. And here is your prefacing to that moment. So Kyle Fuller signed with the Broncos. 
Kenny Galladay signed with the Giants. Chris Carson re-signed with the Seahawks. Philip Lindsay is going to the Texans. The, the Broncos extended Justin Simmons. Mitch Trubisky ends his era in Chicago and goes to the Buffalo Bills to back up Josh Allen. Will Fuller signed with the Dolphins. Ken- Kenyon Drake signs with the Raiders. Patrick Peterson, longtime Cardinal, is going to sign with the Vikings. Curtis Samuel is going to the Washington football team. Pro Bowler Kyle Long is going to go to the Chiefs. Hassan Reddick to the Panthers. A.J. Green, longtime Bengal, is going to the Cardinals to meet up with D-Hop, Kyler Murray, J.J. Watt. Trent William re-signed with the 49ers. William Jackson with the Washington football team. Jamal Williams, backup for the Green Bay Packers, is now going to division rival Detroit Lions. Emmanuel Sanders to the Bills. Jacoby Brissett ends his era in Indianapolis and goes to play backup for Tua in Miami. Tyrod Taylor to the Texans. Andy Dalton controversially goes to the, to the Chicago Bears. Pretty doofus there. W- Leonard Williams comes back with the Giants. Shaquille Griffin, pro bowler, goes to the Jags. And Ryan Fitzpatrick to the Washington football team. Pretty exciting. Howard, a lot of moves. I know you might not have your finger on the pulse as on football like you do basketball or baseball, but a lot of moves. What do you want to see? Are what are you looking forward to? Well, I didn't. I didn't hear you name the two names I was listening for: Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson. I want to know where are they going to play football on Sundays? Those are the guys that I tune in to see. I want to know what the heck is going on with them, but I also want to get your take on Andy Dalton. It sounds like you have some opinions about that. You sounds like you didn't like the move. Enlighten some of us who, who aren't following the Chicago Bears. What's going on with that, and why is it a good move or is it not? Well, see, I emphasize with Bear fans because I feel so damn bad for you guys. Like It has been so rough in the Trubisky area, having one of the best defenses in the NFL. Then you just fall short, and then you sign a guy who's been – Who's been solid, but it's just it's it feels like settling. It's mediocre. Andy Dalton, when you have guys like Russell Wilson and you have Jameis Winston, even like a Taysom, I don't even want to say Taysom Hill, and then obviously Deshaun Watson, when these guys are semi-available and then you settle with someone like Andy Dalton, it's just infuriating. And I'm not even a Bears fan. It just pisses me off when when franchises settle like that, right? Is it, isn't, isn't Andy Dalton, like, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong here, isn't Andy Dalton a, a pretty serviceable starting quarterback who took the Bengals to the playoffs a million times? Yeah, but he's not He's not Deshaun Watson. He's not Russell Wilson. Like, there are better options. And the Bears are a great franchise historically, like, they're not. They're not the worst. They're no. They're no Lions, and they're no Jacksonville Jaguars. But yeah, they have but, some history but yeah, for sure. But and they know what they're doing. But it's just the constant year after year falling short, settling. Because you know what this translates to. This might translate to a I, wild card exit. That was my face when I looked at Andy Dalton's QBR the last year. <laughs> oh my gosh! If I was Bears fans, I would be upset too. And my apologies. He shouldn't be anywhere near the, the quarterback position. I thought like. I don't even know. Wow. He had a 42.1 QBR in his last year in Cincinnati, and last year 53.8. Not good. Wow. And, you know, speaking of settling, let's talk about the Patriots because aside from Cam Newton, which I I don't really like that signing, they made so, so many moves, probably the biggest splash in the NFL. The Patriots have a guaranteed $162 million in signings. They picked up tight ends Jonu Smith, Hunter Henry, cornerback Jalen Mills, 
linebacker Matthew Jujon. They brought back Kyle Van Noy and then a guy who had a breakout year last year, Nelson Aguilar, and then they re-signed Cam Newton. So how do we feel about this new look Patriots? I think Bill Belichick, he did a good job, and I think that they're going to they're gonna be back in the race. I, I like the Cam Newton signing. If I was just going off of QBR, I, I maybe don't love it because he didn't have a great year um, last year. But the last time Cam Newton was fully healthy, he was really good. He won the MVP in 2015. He took his team to the Super Bowl. You don't just forget how to play football. And last year, he got COVID midseason. He was dealing with that. We don't know what those effects were. He was dealing with the team that didn't have a lot of talent on it. And they were, Cam Newton, they were like two and three. Should have beat the Seahawks, but there was like a, they got kept out of the end zone on the very last play of the game. Should have beat somebody else, too. The Bills, but, he fumbled. But Cam fumbled at the end of yeah. the game. So there's two plays away from being 4-1 and one versus 2-3. and three. It's a totally different season. And there was another game or two that was like that. So literally, there was four games in the Patriots season last year that could have went the other direction. And the Patriots are in the playoffs if they get those. I think it's a great signing. And I think the Patriots are going to roll. If you like this signing or any other signing, call into the show 949-650-1015. That's 949-650-1015. Call in. Give us your favorite free agent signing or one you want to see. And let's – okay, my favorite signing or transaction, if you will, this year was the Wentz trade to Indy because two reasons – Indy is a well-oiled machine that will alleviate some stress for the QB. I think that we could really, really see a Wentz 2017 resurgence with the protection of Indianapolis. I think that's really good for him. And number two is a byproduct of this trade is we get to see Jalen Hurts get the starting job in Philly. I'm really high on this kid. I think he's going to be great in that system. He took 13 sacks in really what was about four starts. His weapons were injured. And not only injured, they were bad. So I think he's going to pick up where he left off, beating a team like the Saints. But now he's got a whole offseason to recuperate, recover, and hit the road in Philly. Great fan base there. I think they'll be right back in that division, which was weak last year. But I think it's, it's going to be the flip of the coin next year. I think Cowboys, Philly, Washington football team looks really good. That division is going to be good. I'm excited for Jalen Hurts. Absolutely. I am too. I want to see, but I want to see what Carson Wentz is going to do. Everybody said Jalen Hurts is the next guy. Carson Wentz was washed. He's going to Indianapolis. So both guys look like they have a ton of talent and possibly can lead teams. You know, Carson Wentz was a franchise quarterback a couple of years ago. Before he got hurt, before he tore his ACL, he looked like he was the next big thing. I'm, again, kind of like with Cam Newton. I just believe that, like, Guys don't forget how to play football. And maybe with Carson Wentz, that was just a flash in the pan because he was so young. But with a guy like Cam Newton, I don't think it was a flash in the pan. So anyways, with Jalen with Jalen Hurts, he did show that he was a good football player. But he hasn't sustained it yet. I'm excited for the, his opportunity to do so. Yeah, I am too. Okay, let's take another break. We'll come back with stock up, stock down. I have a, a local story And then I think Howie has some NBA stuff. We'll get right into that and we'll end the show there. Thank you guys. This is almost the first, the end of my first show hosting. We'll be right back on 101.5 KOCI. The Newport Harbor High School Alumni Association is dedicated to bringing our Sailor family together. 
We're proud to record our school's rich history in our Hall of Fame and to reach towards the future with our scholarship program, which has given $44,000 to deserving students over the past four years. We know we'll see greater need in 2021, so join our mission and be part of the fun. Find us online at newportharboralumni.org and on Facebook and Instagram at Newport Harbor Alumni. And, as always, go Sailors! Kim R. Crampton Family Law provides top-notch litigators with decades of experience known for their courtroom skills and high-end premier customer service. The attorneys at Kamar Crampton clearly explain every detail about legal options working with you towards solutions that meet your family's needs. 949-234-8280. Don't let your world crumble around you. Having the right attorneys makes the difference. Appointments online at divorce.legal, not.com, not.net. It's divorce.legal. You're listening to Sports Sunday with Alex Crawford, Chris Babona, and Howard Kroom on 101.5 KOCI. 3.48 on your Sunday afternoon. I'm Chris Babona hosting Sports Sunday on KOCI, joined with Howard Kroom. Let's get some stock up, stock down going, Howard. I, I have a local story or stories going, so... Pertaining to baseball, opening days in about two weeks. We gotta, we're going to do a baseball-heavy show next Sunday. I think that's going to be a couple days before Angels have their home opener here in OC. And then you have the Dodgers. I think they, they have an opening night, and then they, they have their home opener a week later. So baseball, Dodgers home opener already sold out on StubHub. Second game of the series is already going for above one grand a ticket. That's going to be the cheapest you could get. So one grand... And then better news, but still pretty bad. Angels home opener starting at a modest $221 for their April 1st home opener. Are you spending 200 bucks on, on an Angels opening day? Absolutely not. And, <laughs> well, what's funny is my one of my stock ups was going to be I wouldn't spend a dollar on an Angels game ever again because mm-hmm. Matt Vaskersian was just named the Angels play-by-play announcer for TV, and I love Matt yeah, Vaskersian. Yeah, that's great. So now Angels fans get 162-plus games a year of Matt Vaskersian. What a treat. Yeah, I I grew up with a Matt Vaskersian because I played so, so much MLB The Show growing up. Like, It's unfathomable how many hours of video games I played as a kid, and Matt Vaskersian like going, going, gone, Santa Maria. Like it was, it was endless for him. So like, I, I feel like I grew up with him, him and Vince Scully. That's not a bad pairing. And I think that the angels, I think they're going to win the division. That's my, that's my super, super hot take. We're not doing spice rack, but there it is. I think they're going to win that division, but I, I'm not going to burn 220 bucks on a team that's closest to my home, but not my favorite team to watch. I love baseball, but not that much. 200 bucks. I'll, I'll take Matt Vaskersian for free. Really good coverage, for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, For me, I'm going to go to a quick stock down, and then I'm going to go to my stock up. My stock down is... <clears throat> is you before the show. We, we we didn't have time. Our most heated discussion and argument today, we didn't even get to do on air because <sighs> we, we just don't have enough time. This is not going to happen. But um, my stock down is saying that Playoff P is a superstar <laughs> when it fits the argument. Who said that? But, but, but <laughs> saying he's terrible every other time in life. That's what Chris Babona did to me earlier, ladies and gentlemen. He tried to convince me that Paul George is a generational talent off air. Um, <laughs> but it, yeah. but my, uh, my stock up is LaMelo Ball. 
LaMelo Ball. Can't argue with that. Man, and you know what's funny? We just talked about kids playing with grown men. Mm-hmm. I know LaMelo... Well, it's funny. LaMelo played overseas, so we look at him differently or something. LaMelo's 19. He would be a college sophomore. So he would be... He's the exact same age as Isaiah Mobley. Not Evan, but Isaiah yeah. Mobley and... and, and, and um, the older brother and LaMelo Ball are the same age. And LaMelo is out there putting up 20 points, 10 rebounds, mm-hmm. 10 assists against these grown, against the yeah. best players in the world. How impressive is that? It's so impressive. And, like, I, when I think of LaMelo Ball, you, you, just, you, st- you think kid, right? It's, he's, not a, he's not a man yet whatsoever. He's 19 years old, first, first season in the leagues. And he's averaging 15, 6, and 6, 45% from the field. And he, that 15 is, he, is on – that's on limited minutes because yes. you told me last he week was, if you control for the times where he's starting. Yeah, it's like all like perennial, like 26 and 6. Yeah, crazy It's insane. Stuff. So is he his year your consensus rookie of the year? Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. The better question would be like, you know, if he was starting all year, would he be an all-star? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, he's – It's that much of a given. Isn't Charlotte in the playoffs right now? Ooh, I want to say they're late seed. And, and if, I think there is play-in this year. So I think they are in the playoff bracket. I think oh they're yeah they're the eighth seed. Yeah, Charlotte's the eighth seed. How crazy is that? When's the last, yeah, they haven't been in the play even with Kemba Walker, a guy f- with that franchise so long, and he was an All Star, couldn't get it done. So now, well, it's a different team. They have a little bit more depth, but it's super impressive. But for you that talk kid. about you talk about MVP stuff. Obviously, Lamelo is not. You know, we're not even talking about Charlotte, no. but like you draft when you draft a player with the number two pick. We just said is. Is Mobley going to be an all-star? And when you draft a player with a top three pick like that, you hope he takes your team from the basement to the penthouse. And that's what happened. That's And that's what's happening. Yeah. That's so So one question I want to pose to you, I know you're high on him, but what more could we see from LaMelo Ball? I mean, he's going to just continue to develop. It, the fact that you're asking that question is just so good because... You know, if you go back to anybody as a rookie, it's like, what more can you see? They're gonna they're gonna learn the game. They're gonna get in better shape. Their body's gonna grow, and as they learn how teams defend them, they're gonna get more counter moves, and they're gonna learn how to get free. And he's only gonna improve. His basketball yeah. IQ is through the roof. And as he plays with these guys more, he's just gonna get better and better. Absolutely. One thing that kind of stands out to me was I was I was going through his game log. And I noticed something about consistency because on paper he's shooting 45 from three, but it's been all or nothing really. Like you see these games where he goes seven for nine at, from the three-point line, but then there's games where he goes one for nine. And I just – I feel like on – yeah, on paper that looks good. 45 percent like astounding, but imagine how good we, he could be if he was – ultra consistent from three-point land and i think the shot form kind of plays into that but that's a different argument but i think everybody would say that like the fact that he's going seven for nine some games and that Mm -hmm. he's in the 30s from three at 19 it's like he's only gonna get better you 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 thought he was gonna come into the league and shoot 20 something percent and you said hopefully one day he's gonna not you just everybody yes hopefully one day he's gonna develop a three-pointer but it seems pretty clear oh wow he has a higher ceiling for develop, for developing a jumper than we actually thought. Mm-hmm. That thing might be totally smooth and consistent by his third year. And imagine if by year three he's shooting 39%, 40%. It's over. Oh, yeah. And another question, this one was super tough for me, is who do you compare him to? Like, even before or now in the league, like, I had a really hard time. He's a lengthy guard with deep range, good passing ability, 
I a name that was popping up, but I had no reason why it was like D Rose because I know D Rose is more of like a slasher type, like getting to the basket, dunking. But I think the passing and like the the mentality is there, kind of D Rose. And then another name was like a Trey Young that could really play defense and. It just doesn't – neither of those names seem right to me. So I think it's it's special because LaMelo is almost his own archetype, in my opinion. Yeah, I didn't come prepared for this. So I, I, I'm trying to think off the top of my head who does he compare to. And the first thing that I go to, and I'm cheating because this isn't even a player, but Ben Simmons with a jumper, which is just which is absolute like deadly. Insane. You know, Ben Simmons with a jumper. He's not quite as big as Ben Simmons yet. He's not quite the defender that Ben Simmons is yet, but he, he's he got that Magic Johnson, you know, you, you can't teach it. You're only blessed with that kind of passing ability. Mm-hmm. He has that. He, he reminds me of Ben Simmons with a jumper. And that's that's unfair. That is OP, insane stuff, because Ben Simmons is one of the best, the best defender in the league. He's probably going to win Defensive Player of the Year. And then you add LaMelo Ball, Free range, three pointers, forty five percent. That is that's not only an all star, that's all NBA. And remember remember I was telling you last week when we were watching Ben Ben Simmons defense, I was saying that I heard a stat that said when Ben Simmons is off the floor, his team shoots like twenty eight percent from three or something bad, Mm. something way subpar. But when Ben Simmons is on the floor, mind you, he doesn't shoot at all. So it's not like him being on the floor helps the percentage. When he's on the floor, his team shoots like forty percent percent from three yeah just he makes everyone that much better and that's how mellow is it's one of those like ticky tacky stats that you see like skip bayless throw around where he just makes his team better you know tom brady like he makes the defense play better but it's it's really you could back it up with stats right and that is the type of player that Lamelo ball could be that's the type of player that ben simmons is and he's not he's only 19 that's the bottom line i have one more stock up really good news local news I work for the OCC Coast Report, student-run newspaper at Orange Coast College, and I had the pleasure of like talking with the athletic director, getting some news, and athletics is back at the community college level, and more specifically in our district. And so women's golf has an exhibition with Saddleback College Wednesday, and then both soccer teams play Santiago Canyon Thursday. I'm so glad they got to resume because I feel like community college – Athletics really got forgotten amidst professional university and high school sports because I was so questioning why high school sports, something that you would think has less infrastructural integrity than a community college, especially OCC, it's one of the best in the world, why they couldn't resume sports. But I'm super glad that they are resuming sports now. That's definitely something, if you're local, give them some love because they they really got – they got screwed, really, and they did, couldn't play. And so now fall sports and spring sports are going to start resuming as soon as Thursday. You want to talk about playing for the love of the game? A community college student athlete. That's somebody mm-hmm. right there who who they absolutely love their sport. And if they don't love it, they get out pretty quickly and they don't, they don't play at their community college very long. Yeah. Because I'm not going to say it's easy to play for your high school because it's not. That's an accomplishment. But like... That's more normal. It's more built in. You know, it's more prestigious. Everyone wants to play for their high school. But when it comes to community college, you're not at a division one. You don't have all the resources. You don't have the glitz and glamour, the great facilities. And um, you're kind of making it happen on yourself. So uh, mm-hmm. for yourself. So I'm happy for those student athletes that they get a chance to play the game that they love. 
And I'm glad to see that the the district found a way to get their athletes back on the competition field. Absolutely. I'm super excited for that and to cover that because I'm part of the paper there. Super, super excited. Will Howard, first show of Sports Sunday on the KOCI with Chris Babona. I think it went really, really well. I'm proud of myself. I think it went smooth. We had a lot to talk about and time flew. I mean, here we are. It's it's 3.59. We got a minute left in the show. I... I made a promise to a listener, one of our best listeners, one of our favorite listeners, Aaron and Whittier. He actually wrote a song inspired by the the last week's episode with Alex, and I want to do him a special favor and end the show with the little jam he wrote to end the show. So, if you got want anything more before we start that, Howard, or can we give Aaron Whittier his time on the radio? No, I was just going to say, just like LaMelo Ball's three-point percentage, as as you go on and the Chris Babona show continues to grow, it will only get better and better. Awesome. Okay, so for Chris Babona and Howard Kroom, this has been Sports Sunday on KOCI, and next up is Aaron and Whittier's Little Jam he wrote for us. Thank you, Aaron, and I'll talk to you guys next week at 3 o'clock. See you later. You're listening to 1015 KOCI LPFM, Newport Beach, Costa Mesa, serving all of Orange County. Star athletes use their platform to express that kind of vulnerability about struggles. It's really cool, and it's something that probably no one So 